Hello and welcome to this very special festive edition of I Spit on Your Grades. I hope you've all had a tremendous Christmas, whatever you've been doing. As always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Bay and Mercer. Hello. Hi. How are we all doing? Nice Christmas? All right. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> thrilling. Everyone's yeah. had a, oh, everyone yeah. has had a thrilling Christmas. <laughs> Hopefully we can keep that level of enthusiasm going up <laughs> as we battle out for ultimate supremacy in the best festive horror category. I'm going to let each of the guys introduce their own film, although... If you've not been able to uh, guess it by their cryptic clues, then you've probably been overdoing on the eggnog, but that's absolutely fine. Unfortunately, we did put out a request for a fourth film that we're going to bring into the fold and make it battle against its friends. But on this rare, rare occasion, with Christmas being in the way... We've not had enough people come back to us to recommend a film. It seems you're all too busy with your families or something. I don't know. Ridiculous. <laughs> so that's fine. We're still going to badger you week by week. Have you come to us and just beg us to allow you to join in again. <laughs> so that being said, sit back, enjoy this episode and we'll bring do free. So as the only winner so far in this entire competition... Undefeated. So far. Undefeated. Undefeated. Not for long. With a record of 1-0, weighing in at close to none of your business. <laughs> I'm going to introduce my first film. And that film is the absolutely twisted Better Watch Out from director Chris Peckover. All right. Just to run through the plot very quickly, very basic outline here. No one wants to sit there and have us uh, completely dismember it bit by bit. So, Olivia de Jong plays Ashley, and she is babysitting Luke, played by Levi Miller. What starts as home invasion takes a much darker twist and plays out over the course of one evening. And as we are spoilerific, we all know that Levi Miller is an absolute psychopath and he kidnaps poor Ashley and subjects her to various mental torture over the course of one night that brings in other people, including his best friend Garrett and Ricky, the ex, in addition to Jeremy as well. Although we see less of Jeremy than we do of Ricky. Yeah. It all rests really on Levi Miller's Absolutely outstanding performances, Luke. Twisted, dark, at times spectacularly stupid over the mistakes he mistakes he makes. He's a child. Yes, he is. He is but he's more on the lines of it's everyone everyone's call Better Watch Out Funny Games Beats Home Alone. And that's it's more of the it's more of the funny games than it is Home Alone, apart from obviously the one moment that we'll come on to, I'm sure, when we open, yeah, up, yeah, our, yeah. open up the review. But his performance is dark and twisted. And at no point do you feel any sympathy for his character whatsoever. Oh, no, he's a little shit. He could have gone, gone that way and played it with some empathy. But no, he's just fucked up beyond all recognition. And all that, I like the fact that it's not... 
They don't try to smooth off the edges. They just go, no, he's a psychopath. Garrett is there for the comic relief, along with Jeremy and Ricky as well. So he can focus on his straight up darkness. Yeah. In, I mean, in, you, 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 do, you do tend to get the feeling quite early on of just how messed up he is, given that he sleeps with the womb. Yeah, the, the, beat, the heartbeat. Yeah, the heartbeat thing. So he's, thing. And, you know, nature, nurture, that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, it, it, it seems like for a kid, a, a different level of fucked up, because he's quite intelligent as well, so... Well, it's very much like Rope. He's, he, he says that he can get away. He's done all this stuff before and he's got away with it. Yeah. In the same way that Killer there was killing people because they were stupid and he was smarting them so they deserve to die. Mm-hmm. And in that way, he is there saying, oh, I've done this before, I've gone away with this. He is, that, in his own mind, a criminal mastermind. Yeah. And to be fair, huge parts of the film do bet out. He so nearly, nearly gets away with it. As Scooby Doo like the or Scooby Doo villains would like to say, but he's betrayed by his stupidity and his arrogance, so that's what messes him up on every turn. As I'm sure everyone's aware, you guys have sat down and watched it over the past couple of days. Mm-hmm. So let's open up and just weigh in and just move it on a little bit forward. So, okay, I'll start by agreeing. I think uh, Levi Miller does uh, an amazing job mm. in the role. Uh, I think the character's 12 going on 13, uh, but I think Levi Miller was 13 going on 14 when he made oh, There's not a big jump the there, film. is it? They're, um, all around, they're all around their right ages. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's like... Olivia de was 18 as well, yeah. I think, when she made this. Um, and I watched it. I watched a making of documentary yeah. as well, and the director was saying about how much like they brought to... The, the script itself mm. and that he made quite a few changes around like them around them like and some of the things that like when he asked them how they would react um when they gave their answer he was like mm, maybe I should change that a little bit to make it fit more with the actors because they're giving a real reaction rather than a scripted reaction yeah make it more realistic um but I thought I thought he was amazing um there were a couple of things obviously like when you watch a film uh, like this that relies very heavily on the twist for it to work because if you get that twist uh, the film yeah but I, it's I, not think it start, piece... I think it starts out as a good straight up home invasion though it I think... does but it relies like it doesn't like the film wouldn't work if it didn't have the twist if you got the twist yeah, we, the don't, we don't know there. if it wouldn't the we beauty don't. of the twist as well is that it comes in so early it doesn't need to get to the end. No, no. So the twist is what <clears throat> is like what turns the film around. But I think we're interesting. Like at the start of the film, just little things that mean where I go. I wonder why they did that. Uh, so at the start of the film, when she's in the car on the phone, she stops. She nearly gets that cat, and then she drives away. And then there's this black car parked outside that turns its life lights on, and then slowly starts following her. And I'm like, why? Well, that's going to be like, a boy- boyfriend, I imagine. I don't think it was the boyfriend. Oh, do you know? Because no. I, I always took it to be, you know, in hindsight, but it the felt boyfriend like, stalking her. Yeah. It almost felt like they were they were planting a lot of, like, from the get-go, a lot of, oh, this is a, a creepy person yeah, from yeah. the outside yeah. who's coming into this. Um so that were. Because why would you su- suspect a 12-year-old boy? Why would you suspect a 12-year-old exactly. boy? 
That's what makes it so genius. What did we think, obviously, away from Levi Miller playing Luke? Ed Oxenbold as Garrett and Olivia, obviously, as Ashley. How do we feel they coped against him? Um, I thought they did really well with the parts they're given. I liked everybody in the movie except for the boyfriends. Do you know the boyfriend is um, Billy from Stranger Things? It is Billy, isn't it? It is. The, yeah. Uh, he no. played Jer- he plays Jeremy in this. Do you not watch Stranger Things? No. Oh, you're not one of us. No. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> but no, I th- I thought everybody else, I could I could like their journey felt authentic. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's because we did, weren't given enough time to get to know the boyfriends, like because they come in mid. They, yeah, they are very, sure. they are very much there Shooting. just for these, yeah. set, really just for the set pieces. Yeah, but I just felt like I, I just didn't buy any. I didn't buy the way they acted or the like what they did. Um, so like. Ricky, for example, when he first comes up and he like barges in out and he grabs a slice of pizza and complains about music being too loud mm. while he's shouting for Ashley, I just thought, I just don't buy it. It felt, it felt like um, what you'd see in a sixties like, film yeah. where biker boyfriend breaks into house and they don't give a shit about anything. Yeah, but do you not think that because he's quite, he's supposed to be a douchebag and. Is going to so she's babysitting a twelve-year-old. Would he not just but be? Is he supposed to be a douchebag? Because the only reason we think he's a douchebag is because Levi or Luke says he's a douche. He does, but then she also corrects him and says he isn't. Yeah. So why do we think he's a douchebag? Like, what? Well, the only, the only. I, kind I, of I don't see him as a douchebag when he comes in. I don't think he is. Well, I thought he were. Oh no, I didn't get that vibe. I didn't. I mean, yeah, it's a bit rude to barge into someone's house and start eating the food and. Complaining, but I never took it to be a, a douchebaggy movie. We're just looking for her. I think that very, very few people are designed to be hard or nasty apart from Levi Miller. Just that, so you can contrast, I guess, everyone. I don't think they wanted anyone going toe to toe with him for being a dick or ultimately. So even though, as I say, even though Ricky seems a bit of a douche. And so does Jeremy. Neither of them seem nasty at any point. Yeah. What What do you think about the relationship between um, his best friend and him? Because I always found it a bit strange that he was willing to go along so easily with the plan he put together. Oh, we're going to, you know, like, scare this girl into liking that. And then all of a sudden we've got her tied up. But hey, I'm still going along with it. And he pretty much goes along with it right until... He cocks it. He's got him pulled up, though, at various... Well, yeah, I He's going on OxyContin for a huge chunk of the film. Also, I kind of think the two characters... I, I get the impression that Garrett's only friend... Yeah, still. ...is Luke. I'd be, I'd be crying... You know, if, if that happened to us when we were younger, I'd crack myself. They're like, we're going to get in such trouble. I'm going to get... I'm going to go to jail. This is going to be awful. And I wouldn't have gone along with it. I'd freaked out and cried in the corner. Probably the, the film kind of falls apart if that if that's the way you went down. Well, I'm just saying this comment on kids these days clearly. You see, that's why like there's some of my flaws though. Some like when part of like watching a film is I think there needs there's got to be some element of believability to not the story but the way people act. But 
But that's not to say it's any less enjoyable. It's still enjoyable. It's really enjoyable. I I love... No, watch out. And Garrett is great. He does... As comic relief, he does an absolutely brilliant, brilliant job. Yeah. I mean, they worked well together in The Visit as well, didn't they? So Yes, true. Yeah. He's funny in that as well. He's Clear, really funny in that. Clearly, with horror and comedy, he's got a knack. Yeah. It's funny. And it was always nice to see Patrick Warburton and Virginia Madsen as well, who <laughs> nearly steal the show just for their interaction at the yeah, start. Really I, I love them. Yeah, they're, they're brilliant they're as a couple. Could be my we need a, from the film. <laughs> we need a spin-off black comedy. Yeah. Just no horror. Did black comedy with them too. I think, um, I think, and I know you're supposed to be defending it, and I'm, you know, I'm doing, I'm going to be doing my pick, no favors. But I think where Better Watch Out is its strongest is the use of traps and such. It's so I like the way that they don't reveal all the tricks in Bongo. Mm. So for ages, I I will go in. How did he do the brick through the window? I I wondered that and the whole way through. Until Jeremy yeah. comes in and kicks that thing, and even then I was like, I don't know what that is. But then it panned up to the broken window, and I'm like, yeah. ah, it must be some kind of catapulty type, yeah. timed catapult effect. Um, some things that did bug me though about the trick specifically were. We had incoming calls to the house. Mm. When did he have time to stick that thing in the phone to stop the phones from working? He has a signal. There, there was a signal block. No, yeah. he puts them on the. Do you know the part that actually connects into the wall? Yes. He sticks them on there. So he takes it out, unpucks, takes it off, and puts it back in. When did he get time to do that? Maybe while she was trying to drive her phone. <clears throat> When did he get time, second of all, she didn't touch her phone after it got wet? Because if she did, she'd have noticed the cellophane that it were wrapped up in. When did he have time to wrap her phone in cellophane? Because they left it in the fish tank for the entire film, like after, until he goes out, gets it out to phone Jeremy up. Oh. To get Jeremy's number. And he's wrapped it up in cellophane. When did that happen? That phone was with her all the time. Clearly, she leaves on the side. She leaves on the side when he. Very... She leaves on the yeah, but there was no time when there were. I know we like, still separate did... enough for him to do that. We still need to suspend some disbelief, though. <clears throat> yeah, but that's a little bit too much to. A little bit too much disbelieving. Yeah, yeah, I would just a bit like, and plus I don't care how you wrapped it up in cellophane. Like it was water like is still hanging forever. In, yeah. Like it would have got in. I'm yeah. sure it would have. I'm not going to try it to prove my theory right. We should. If someone oh. does want to. Imagine that as a podcast. We're trying out traps to see if they work. Right. If, um, any, if anyone tries any of these out, just legally, we're not accepting any liability. <laughs> we don't advise you try these things at home. The, there is one thing we don't need to try at home because the film tried it. The best, the best, the best moment of the best, moment of the film. Best moment of the entire film. The paint can to the face. Oh no! It's gonna home alone you. <laughs> <laughs> when we when we saw this at celluloid, it was it was all quiet obviously because you're in the cinema. Oh. Uh, celluloid scream, sorry. And uh, we we're watching the film, and it came to that scene, and he held up the paint can, and just one little voice in the distance went, "Oh no!" <laughs> and yeah, it was a, uh, it was brilliant. It's the fact they don't they don't. They don't need to show the impact. Obviously, you get the side-on shot later on, 
when it shows it's the blood his face mixing with in, the that, pain. That's the it's thing. such a beautiful shot. Yeah. You have, yeah. the yellow you have the, and the red. You have the sound, and then you have the the pain and blood drip. You have that yeah. drip, drip, drip. It's the way sound. it melts. It's the way it melts into the paint that gets me. It's like, and the way the paint sprays yeah. at the back in like a V shape. Yeah, obviously it's gone. At the side of his head, some some thought went into that shot. That some was a good thought. shot. Um, again, they did the thing like where just showed the twitching legs to show that it yes. didn't hit rather than full on action. Yeah. I don't think it would have looked good if they'd have tried to do it. No, I, th- I think no, it would leave it to imagination. It would look like a weird. It would have gone like eighties splatter. It? Yeah, and I don't well, mind. great. It wouldn't have looked suited this film. Yeah, no, it, would, it probably would have felt out of place. Yeah. in this film, that leads me on to a. Escape scene. Okay. What the, the I know what you did last summer. The I know what you did last summer, right. which they do it so much better in I know what you did last summer. It's so much more tense. Because there's that, that whole running down the alleyway, yeah. like she just climbs over a dog kennel and like falls <laughs> down. Literally, she's like she's not even far away from out. But what really bugs me about that scene, please make sure you go back and watch this just this one little bit, is the carol singer who turns around to look. And then turns back and gives the most over the top, oh well, nod towards the camera. <laughs> Nothing there. I love extras. I'm like, what the fuck was that? That like literally took like almost like made me want to turn it off. This was like, this was her Oscar, Oscar moment. She looked, they they started filming. She sort of opening the envelope and saying, "Best supporting Carol singer." Best supporting shrugging Carol singer. Exactly. How do we feel? <laughs> about the actual the whole sexual violence aspect and harassment regarding would, her. Mm, would you I, I don't if this were any other film I'd probably say this was a comment on um male privilege in society and all that jazz I'm not going to say it because it's a 12 year old boy 12 year old boys do what 12 year old boys do in terms of yeah but this is still not right from wrong no they do, but he's a psychopath. Yeah, but Garrett's there. Yeah. Garrett knows right from wrong. Yeah. There's a there's a scene earlier on where they're playing truth or dare and that Garrett tells him to touch her breast. Mm. And you're just like, guy, like, make up your mind. Are you are you in on this or out of this? Well that's because... that, that was my whole point on the dynamic of those two because sometimes he's in, sometimes he's not, and you just don't know. It, it seems like he's more in. It seems like he's up for it as much as he yeah. is. The other one. That's confusing. It's, I just see my head moving. It's something that if they were pitching it today as an idea, it probably wouldn't get past. Only two years ago. Yeah. Well, you got to think two years ago, and then it would have been a year before probably pre-production. So, mm. or maybe before then, how long films take to actually fall together. But if you went into a studio, any studio now, and pitched, yeah, I want... A twelve-year-old boy to tie up a type of woman and commit weirdly se- sexual harassment and violence towards her. I think you will get short shrift. I, I don't. I don't years. think it's. I don't think it's as deep as that. Personally, I think it's part of the plot, and th- that's just showing the level of fucked up that he is. I don't think. It's heavily relying on the sexual aspect of it. I think that's just a part of it. That's just a part of showing how messed up he actually is. Personally. No, I, I agree with you. As I say, it's just... I've been reading a lot around it. And I know a lot of voices online 
having issues with that part of the film. So people have ignore. issues with everything yeah, these days. Yeah. Everything. I if, think... you, if you saw, if you showed somebody um, Cannibal Holocaust or you know whatever now, then they're going to have problems with it. But rightly so, with Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. Um, I I do think that they did well to not delve into a darker sexual side. Yeah. Of it. Like they they kept it quite light, as in, <coughs> you know, the was that the one thing she could have done to try and escape would be to try and seduce him, and you know, and <coughs> the character and the fact that she knows he's a child. Um, stop! Like she didn't, and I think you know that would have been a very easy thing to try and put into the script. She has a one way um, when she uh, knees him in the air. Yeah, when she just yeah, but it's she doesn't. Like, she doesn't entertain. No. It. She never allows it to yeah. become a sexual thing, even though he's trying to be. Even like when he touches her, and she's like, "Yeah, I've been felt up by a kid." That's the thing. Yeah. She's, like, still... she's she's not game for it. No, no and I think it's good. She's still very that. much yeah. You're you're a little boy, and. And that's... That, and that's why I don't think the whole aspect of it is as meaningful. Yeah. I'd just like to bring up for me the my favourite part of the film. I think it's the most shocking part of the film for me. It's when he shoots Garrett. Yeah. And it's not the first shot, it's the when he like is kicking off the screen, which is I think is the best scene in the film, and I think Levi uh, Miller in that scene is incredible when he just like is losing it. Yeah. And and then he goes, I want my mum and he doesn't even get it out and he, he, he shoots him. And you know it's square on it face. And, and you, sh- you like, should be feeling sorry for him, but so. you do. <clears throat> but you, you don't do. expect him or the him because to die. Because he's a boy and a child at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's the first point when with Levi Miller when he realises that everything's going out yeah, everything's spiraling out of control. But that, that's my favourite part of the film. Uh, it's that performance that he gives there mm. is my favourite piece of performance. Yeah. I like just that section is amazing. It is. It really is. Right, so let's fast forward, spin, wheel it on towards the end of the film. Yeah. How are we all liking the ending? Happy with how it's set up, wound mm. up? Yes. <coughs> no. Yes. Oh, this, oh. Oh, this, will, be, this will be good. Two descending oh, voices. Gosh. This you is what this. we hope for. I love the setup. I was, you know, we didn't even talk about him killing Jeremy, but <laughs> I, I love, I love like the way he sets Jeremy up. Yeah. Um, I love the setup that he does afterwards. Um, I don't understand why his parents didn't see him on roof when he's climbing out of his bedroom. That makes no sense to me. Like, if I, if it's in my vision of where this, I can't have seen him. Mm. But what I hate more than anything is the. We got a live one here. I love it. That I love is it. the best. That is no. the best thing. Because that's your cookie cutter American kind of, oh yeah, someone's going to survive and it's all going to work out and that's she's going to prove that he was, say he's a bad yeah. person. No, the better ending would have just been let them all die and let him get away with it. The, the ending for me, I always see it like the last <clears> bits where he's doing, where he's sorting the stuff out on the roof, where he's putting the pencil on the door. It's very Adventures in Babysitting to me, okay. where she's sweeping around the end in Elizabeth's shoes trying to get everything clean before they come home. That's the kind of vibe I get from it. And you do think for a second he's got away with it. And you're like, oh, I mean, that's a good end to a film. But when you find out she's alive, you're like... That's amazing. And then she gives him a finger. And then, I don't know if he's looked after credit. Yeah. He's like, I think we should go and see her in the hospital. I'm like, yes, this is going to start all over again. See, that, but, 
that was where Scream 4 should have finished. Yes. It should have just had, oh, I think we should go visit Sydney in the hospital. End. End. Mm. Yeah, I love the ending. I just think it's too... It, it, it's... Uh, yeah. I don't want a happy ending sometimes, or most of the time. No, see, it's most... not going to be a happy yeah, ending Yeah, but it's gonna, he's going to get done... As a child. As yeah. a child... She's going to go off to wherever she was going off to and live a life. And He'll grow up, become a psychopath. And we'll get more better and... watch out two in ten years. Yes, time. let's do that. Let's I'm, not, I'm, down for it. Oh, I'm, I'm the down first, for it. I'm the first person to complain when a film has a happy ending. In horror. absolutely hate it. I don't need these happy endings. They absolutely do my boxing. I ever love but... <laughs> but on this, on this occasion... Just because he is so sick and twisted and smarmy, and you want him, you want him to fail. You're sitting there waiting for him to get his comeuppance, and it's a great, great scene. It's the fact she's stemmed the wound with duct tape. Smart girl. Like it would stay real. Sorry, Miss. You like you're about to burst. I was no. I, I would just. I wanted. To, there was just one thing that struck me throughout the film. I, it, it got me twice. After he does them bad things and he starts dancing, am I the only one? Tell me, I'm not the only one who thinks he's like Patrick Bateman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in American Psycho. Yeah, he could. Yeah. I think, I, I, and then I'm, I'm like, I'm watching like, yeah, he, he could be like the start of an American Psycho. Yeah. Revival. Uh, It'd be <laughs> funny if it was like a prequel to American Psycho. Except that's it. But yeah, overall, I think it's a. I think it's a good film. Yeah. That's got some issues. I think it's a great film. And we already know that it's my pick, so I absolutely love it. Will it be enough to win the crown this week of Best Festive Horror? Who knows? Still fate and mercies to come. So my pick, in case you couldn't tell from the simplistic pictures put all over Twitter and Facebook is Krampus, the 2015 version of Krampus, uh, directed by, who did we say it was? Michael Doherty? 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 Doherty. <coughs> Obviously starring amazing Tony Collette and Adam Scott, like dream team in this film. Love them. They're all getting together for a family Christmas and uh, Adam Scott's mom is from Germany, I believe. Um, and all the distant relatives are coming in, like they do at Christmas. It gets a bit hectic, it gets a bit National Lampoon. Uh, everything just starts going to shit. And the uh, youngest of the family, Max, he's told that Santa Claus isn't real. Cousins find a letter that he was sending to Santa Claus and rip it up. And that ripped up letter makes its way to Krampus. And uh, that's the start of Krampus. Um, obviously... Everything goes horrifically, hellishly wrong from there. Um, Krampus comes with his minions of little gingerbread men and elves and demonic toys and killer angels and just starts wreaking a gremlin-style havoc all over the place. And that's my little description of Krampus. So, yeah, I thought, um, again, Krampus, pretty good. I think the opening sequence is excellent. Mm-hmm. So when they're... In the, in the malls and there's people breaking, uh, running through the malls and they're fighting to get presents and... Consumerism. Yeah, it's, it, I like the fact that it's painting like that darker side of Christmas. So all other films, it's all like joy and yay, it's Christmas and this is like pure hell. Yeah. And then um, 
there's an awesome scene, it's just little things that please me, where we go past Santa's grotto and there's just an elf stood in background with the most miserable face <laughs> in the world. Just one of them, why the hell am I even here? Faces. I was just like, oh, it's perfect. That's like, that's the reality, I yeah. think, of Christmas for most people. And, and, and then yeah. he's having that scrap while he's doing his Christmas play, play it Max. Is, it is very much an intro that signposts that this is not a... Uh, not a warm, fuzzy feeling. And I, I think that that's what I love about Krampus is the fact that it is, it's chaotic and it's horrible and it's it's everything that you don't like about Christmas. It's, it's your family's being dicks. It's having to cook for everyone. It's having your house invaded. It's having mess everywhere. And then on top of it, you know, you it's up to her house is perfect as well, it's described it's, by Anne Dorothy. It's not, it looks until, like Martha Stewart's spewed up or something <laughs> until they arrive, and then well, it yeah. just starts going to shit. Um, yeah, so it, you, you're quite right. It is, it is the bad side of Christmas, and that's why I love it. That's exactly why I love it, and it's quite playful as well. And I don't mean playful because it. I mean, it's not. It's horrible, but it is. It's the kind of film like Gremlins where. If you'd watched it as a kid, it would now be a staple in your Christmas horror collection. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I can. It's got it's got those those toys, those iconic toys, and the little gingerbread men that are hilarious. And oh my god, that 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 was it a jester Jack in the box the thing Jack in the box. that just like unhinges its jaw. Mental. Yes. Essentially, watching Krampus. It's essentially a horror. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, is I'd agree with that. Dave Connor turns up like cousin Eddie with his ragtag family, with a member of the family. In this case, it's not the nana. It's the aunt, but actually, oh, Conchita Ferrell. Yes, yeah. that's the one. Thank yeah, you and very much. Conchita Ferrell. Up, and they turn up in the big massive RV in exactly the same way. They have the dog in exactly the same way. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I've seen the National Lampoon. Oh, it's so first. good. Um, did they remind know. you of Gremlins? Like, no. Like, really? Okay. Did it use? It's light. It's a it's a lighter tone than Gremlins. You know, Gremlins is funnier. It has a darker tone than Krampus does. Did you, yeah. did you hear that um, underhanded insult? Even no. though Gremlins is funnier than this. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Backhanded insults. Um, I think the family's great i like the juxtaposition of the yeah. two families it's nothing new like you've just pointed out you see, we've seen it in tons of films um but again it's like that's real to me yeah about christmas yeah like you know I, I just all these perfect christmas movies just they don't make sense to me because i don't think any family is that well connected mm-hmm. so i love that like yeah. the opposites of the two I like it when it's, it's. I mean, obviously the family's great and, you know, you go through the whole summoning Krampus and whatnot. I think when it starts to get dark, that's when I start to love mm. it. Like, it, even just the feel of it. So you've, you've got all the snow coming down and everything's muted and a bit shaded and it just looks, <clears throat> you get you get that feel that you're in a snowstorm. What's that CGI snow? Because some of that snow so. looked bloody awful. I didn't... What? As it, when it first was coming down, and it didn't seem consistent, like when Beth's walking through the street, it almost felt like it was heavier, like, depending on what angle we were at with her. Right. Um, I just didn't like that snow. Oh, it I loved it. It a bit. 
I mean, she she's quite. You would think she'll want a bigger character as being part of family. She gets written off pretty early. Yeah, which I think is uh, a shame because she was. I think she's one of the stronger um, actresses mm. in in the film. Um, I think she does that like narky tea and is more bothered about boyfriend. Yeah, quite well. Um, I like it when she goes. I like when the jack in the box pops up and then it slowly starts creeping out of the box. Yeah. And then we cut away. She just screams and we see Van move it. Yeah. I do like that part. Is am I am I confusing Krampus with Cynthia, or do we see him on the roof at we some point? We do. Yeah, we see right. the awesome scene. So it's very much yeah. like Sid when she's running down the middle of the road screaming for help. Yeah. Yeah, but across the rooftops. Yeah. yeah. That does there's, there's something about rooftop chasers and that creeps Saint me Nicholas out a little bit. And of Saint, Krampus. Yeah, yeah, it creeps me out a little bit. I mean, Krampus is a quite a scary figure, I mm. think. And I did read that apparently <clears throat> when they were designing Krampus, they wanted to take elements of how it'd been portrayed throughout history. So they took a bit of yeah. everything, and that's why he's this big, overbearing figure. Yeah. So that creeped me out a little bit. I'd like to say about Krampus, like the way he looks, um, the a workshop who did the effects mm. and the kind of animals and um, elves and villains. everything. Yeah, yeah. they kind of baddies. I think they did an awesome job. Um, and I like them because they did work on things like Brain Dead, oh. the Feebles. Oh, um, And then like on a bigger scale, things like Lord of the Rings. So the, I like, was not aware just, of that. Yeah. Just on a slightly bigger scale. Just on a slightly bigger scale, bigger scale to like... Um, <laughs> Meet the Feebles. I'd rather watch Meet the yeah, Feebles than Lord of the Rings. I think they did. I think the the kind of design for Krampus and for like his elves and yeah. stuff. I think that was all really good, really yeah. dark. So I, I liked how the the toys were again. They, they come across as quite these sweet figures, are, and they look like they could be normal toys. But then there's just some something happens, like I said, with the with the uh, jester just like unhinging, and that I want that angel. As a treetop are so that bad. Awesome. She's amazing. She's just crazy. Um, and obviously the little gingerbread the men. The gingerbread men are Which the have the funniest moment in the film. When he's on the floor. Oh, and he's about, once he says this, like, die, you motherfucker. And he just turns around and goes, Rah! and then starts running for him. Pee myself every time. I don't like the gingerbread men. Get the fuck out. I'm so sorry. I just don't. I find them so annoying. I find the voice annoying. They're supposed to be annoying. Yeah, but they, 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 don't, they don't invoke anything other than anger in there. I'm just like, shut the fuck up. I believe I hate them. the way they screech. Um, they're the, like, as far as like effects and everything goes, and like the characters, they're the only thing that I got, oh, not the only thing, but like from the characters. As I was saying earlier, I do believe that it's Seth Green's voice. It is. That voices the gingerbread man. And I, w- I would like to think that they call him Lumpy as a character because Lumpy was the character of Bill Murray. Well, there was nickname of Bill Murray in Scrooged. That's not official. And I'd like, I to, like think, to think they call him Lumpy because whoever made the gingerbread dough didn't, do didn't the really flower. do it properly. Yeah, and didn't, there's just didn't, didn't, in yeah. there. I like to think they're a big fan's presence, the USA. <laughs> <laughs> Talking <She's> about <laughs> the gingerbread man. Yeah. Um, that scene, I have to say it, when it comes down the, the gingerbread man comes down the, um, what are they called? Chimneys. Yeah. Comes down the chimneys. And Howie Jr. wakes up, you know, the smartest child in the history of the world. <laughs> yeah. And picks it up and takes a bat out of yeah. it. Yeah. When he, 
Do you know, like when he starts sucking him up the chin? Did you see the gingerbread man do that? No. Oh, you can't see Anna. <laughs> well done. But sexy pose. Uh, no, laying down, like yeah, chilling like, on the rope. He's just chilling on the rope. But when, like, ginger, when he starts sucking him up the chin there, um, mm. I just thought it looked so bad. And the very first thing that came into my mind were, ah, I can see where they use that Caroline sex doll again. <laughs> <laughs> it was just this flaccid thing getting shoved up chin there, like, but, what is your obsession? Yes. But, but of all the, of all the films we're talking about here, I'd said this is the one you have to suspend, suspend disbelief with the most because as if gingerbread men are coming to life. That's not I just think that kid's stupid. Like, why would you just like you know shit's going on? Like, why are you picking up a gingerbread man that's on a piece of rope <laughs> hanging out at Tim there? If the kids are hungry, they're hungry. Just don't make sense to me. Your man is clearly never woken up at midnight going, "Fuck me, I'm hungry." <laughs> I wonder what ominous thing I can find in a very Ooh, bizarre place in my house that I can eat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, and that's probably the only gingerbread man scene that I liked. The, the scene in the attic is brilliant. The whole scene in the attic is fantastic. I, I think the scene in the attic is fabulous. Yeah. Um, I love the unhinged... Joe yes. of the Jack in the Box. I love very the, it kind of very it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the angel, the demented angel strangling thing. Tommy Clive. Yeah. Yeah. I think whatever it is, I just <laughs> love it. I, I couldn't work out at first. I thought angel. it was an owl. It's like an owl's body. It's like an owl's body. It's like an owl's body with a weird demonic doll's yeah. head. Yeah. kind of. Yeah. Couldn't work out what it was, but I just thought, oh, that looks awesome. Um, and then I, I saw the teddy bear and the robot, and I were a little bit like, mm, they're well, a bit they're basic. not the standouts. They're a bit basic. They're though, not the standouts. I think the, my favourite part about the eight scene um, is when she sees her daughter, Stevie Lane, on the yeah. floor, and she just fucking, she suddenly becomes a super yeah. warrior. She's just like, pow, bam, boom. That's Mother's Instinct kicking yeah. in. Right um, it's first time Mother's Instinct kicks in, though, because they don't do no to go and save Beth, do they? Maybe they don't they care about her, for her. Once, once they go out looking for her, in and the blizzard, and he nearly yeah. gets his leg taken off. In a blizzard, Krampus chasing after her. Oh, right. Her. So I, I would, Blizz. I would like to think that my parents, mine, you know, um, go. I cannot leave my child out in this blizzard with some tremor-like creature pulling people under the snow. I don't understand what it is under the snow that's pulling people under either. Um. Oh. What is it? What is Oh, it's the... um. What oh, I do know. I do know, but I forgot. I just say with Tremors. For, for my favourite Christmas horror film, I forgot. <laughs> I just didn't get that. Um, but yeah, Mother's Instinct kicks in once, yeah. but not all the time. But I think um, yeah, Alison Tolman, uh, I think she's my favourite character. It's, it's that Captain... In the film. Captain Holt's nemesis in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh my God, it, it is! is. Yeah, yeah. I love her. She's great. Yeah, she's my favourite in the film. Yeah. Um, and her character's... My favourite. I feel I feel for her. Yeah. She clearly knows she's not as good as a sister. Yeah. But it's like a sister loads it over all time. I love Tony Collette, but you've been a bit of a bitch. That's because she... she's born an entire Christmas <laughs> and had to come in and just want, want. No, I get want. it. I get why I, I get why she's frustrated. I feel more in love with Tony Collette. I've cooked, to, cr- I've cooked a Christmas dinner, I feel her pain. Do you know what I've cooked a Christmas dinner and if someone rocked up with an extra person? I ain't got no spare creme brulee to be giving out. She gave him a banana. <laughs> she managed to have an extra dish. You were talking about Linda and saying she's. Oh, I'm just saying she's my favourite, oh. and I love the the way she kicks ass. Okay. In, um, 
attic. Yes. I, I love as you're coming towards the end, the whole um, where Max is facing off to Krampus and um, tells him to take him. And he just throws he throws him in anyway. You think he's going to let him go and he just throws him in. I anyway. know, the whole, the whole family in the end stuck in an eternal... Yeah, it ends bleakly. It's it's really bleak. But does it? It's like the Black Mirror episode. It? Does it end bleakly the... though? Yeah. Think the, about the, it. They're stuck in the snowball. What does Max want? He just wants to have Christmas like he used to have. Nice, lovely Christmas. And he gets to live Christmas Day every day again. It's exactly what he wanted. Are you thinking that Krampus has been nice? And offering him his I'm wish. I'm thinking that as a punishment, letting someone have the, the their Christmas that they want isn't the worst thing. No. Every Twilight Zone episode ever will have taught us that. Yes. That you don't you don't just get what you want. There's, There's always consequences. There's consequences for you. Always. Mm. That selection. So yeah, that's a that's a roundup of Krampus then, I guess. Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna say we jump from. Right to the end very quickly there. We did, we did. Well, because... <laughs> you just led the way. I'm going to go straight to the end. Well, I mean, there wasn't anything really after that, was there? And the same thing you want to touch upon. I didn't think there was anything. No, I just thought... Um, then should I? No, the only things that I would have touched upon were, like, just the little things like the animated flashback. Oh, that was cute. I, lo- I thought it was cute, yeah. but I don't think it belonged in that film. It oh. fell out of place. Ome. I don't understand why she always speaks like German or Austrian. I'm not, I'm not sure if they are German or Austrian. German, yeah, because she doesn't have to speak English for you. No, but like I just don't get like like nobody else in the family like the the, the they all understand it, but nobody speaks it. I just don't get why. I don't get the it choice. It does. Scott understands it. Yeah, I said they all understand it, oh, but nobody sorry. else speaks it. Because they probably it. feel not need because they're because they're American. They probably don't feel need to speak reply in German. It's a case of if someone's living, it's a case of if she's going. But then she, Look, you need to learn the language. I'll, I'll listen to you, but you need. I'm not going to reply in something that isn't my na- isn't my native tongue. It just didn't make sense to me. I just felt like it were it almost felt like she was trying to put a, a guard between herself and everyone else. Maybe she were. Maybe she were freaked out. And I think from the get go, she knew Krampus would come in. Well, yeah, because like even before the letter got ripped up, it almost well, but, felt well, like. Well, to be fair, if you, if you visit her by Krampus. You're going to have a fear of it every single year. Much like Bernice has a fear of uh, Papa Lazarou in League of Gentlemen Christmas Special, which I was not allowed to choose as my favourite horror. But whatever. You're going to have a fear of it every single year. So, of course, you're going to be nervous around the holidays. Fair enough. Fair enough. She's probably just jittery because she thinks, fuck, is this thing going to come and set me and eat me? And I will say that when I watched this, like, when I said that Linda's my favourite character, Mm. I realised that when I saw everyone dying. Because as everyone died, I didn't give a shit. Oh. <laughs> I really didn't care. I'm like, yeah, gone, 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 gone. But when she got pulled under, I'm like, no! <laughs> Why? I did, I did re- like, just briefly touching upon the music in it, because I've realised we've not touched upon any music in the last one as well. Um, I did read that in order to achieve the effect, they used a lot of whistles and bells and traditional... Um, like German, yeah. I think sounds. they overlaid some uh, different languages, yeah, as well, and um, like drums. It, it makes it sound really good. It makes it really. It does make it sound really good. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. When I was watching it, I didn't really hear oh, okay. much music. No, you don't really pay attention. I didn't really 
Get it. Because it's very <laughs> background noise to the household kind of noise going, and that's the main sound you're hearing throughout the that, that hustle and bustle rather than the actual soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that was a bit patchy. I do apologise. That's mainly my fault for not prepping, probably. If you think that Krampus should win as the favourite festive horror, then, you know, vote for it. <laughs> like, don't do not do what you did with Carrie and just don't leave me any votes, you know. I'm not trying to guilt trip you, but what the fuck were you playing at? I think they were just picking the film that they thought the best. But getting it wrong, of course. Oh. So let's go on to uh, my choice for favourite Christmas horror movie. Um, it is the absolutely excellent Anna and the Apocalypse. Um, there we go. I've already won. <laughs> <laughs> Completely negating what the purpose is. I can't say. help it. <laughs> so uh, obviously you will have seen Anna and the Apocalypse, but if you haven't, by any mad chance... Um, just a quick breakdown. It's just the story of Anna. So Anna lives in a little town in Scotland. Uh, she's in a last year at uh, school. Um, I believe it's second. Sixth form. Sixth form. Yeah. yeah. So she's ready to go off to. Well, her dad thinks she's going to uni. She wants to go to Australia and travel. Um, you know, she's just living a life basically. When suddenly, out of the blue, bam! Zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Um, Always happens. Oh, it just gets you, doesn't it? So what we watch is we watch Anna and her friends uh, on a journey across town to uh, find their parents and loved ones who were held up in a school or hold up in a school uh, and escape this zombie apocalypse. Along the way, we see some deaths, lots of zombies, mm. and uh, we break out into a lot of song. Yeah. And what more could you want from a zombie rom comedy horror? Musical. In, in that it's set at Christmas as well. <laughs> and at Christmas. And the reason I love it is, again, I'm not a massive fan of Christmas. Anyone who knows me knows I'm not really a massive fan of Christmas. I kind of like to see Christmas be ruined. Uh, <laughs> so all of these films that we talk about kind of ruin mm-hmm. the, the, the joy and festive of Christmas. But what Anna and the Apocalypse does is it actually makes you feel good about yourself. While you're watching Aww. it, it does. Yeah. It's such an uplifting, um, happy, um, even like when shit goes down and it gets quite emotional. There's, there's just something so uplifting about the film, and I love it. Anyone who can't so feel much. up, anyone who can't feel upbeat when they listen to Turning My Life Around, that is an absolute tune. The the song, I think all of the songs are pretty much amazing, mm-hmm. uh, but obviously. The, the 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 obvious standout is um, Hollywood ending. I would disagree. I just think for me it's the obvious standout because for me it epitomizes what Anna and the Apocalypse is, which is like High School Musical mm. Disney meets like Disney Disney. This is near. This is near. This Disney. is near Disney. This is near Disney. But it, it's you know it's like that kind of High School Musical, which I love. FYI, um, meets like Shaun of the Dead, which yeah. I'm not a massive fan of, but like Get put it put it with music and I love it. I absolutely like that that works so well. I I like the deeper songs. I, I, I do I do love Hollywood ending, but for me, Soldier of War is Soldier the best. of War the best. is an amazing You're both, you're both wrong. Song. 
Human voice is the best song. Again, also again, best again, yep. So if I, if I were to break it down <clears throat> song by song, mm. I think my response would be, oh, that's an amazing song. That's an amazing song. Um, so Anyone in the Apocalypse, just to you know, stay on track with everyone, it's directed by John McPhail. Um, it was wrote by Alan McDonald and Ryan McHenry, um, and it's based on the show Zombie Musical mm-hmm. that Ryan McHenry uh, put together. Yes. Um, and then the songs and music wrote by Roddy Hart and Tommy Riley. Um, I first saw this film uh, at Fright Fest. It played on a Sunday night, uh, which is not the last night. Sunday night's like karaoke party night. Mm-hmm. It went down so well yes. with the audience. And um, oh, this is going to sound so cheesy, but I'm going <laughs> to say it anyway. I remember walking out of the film and I, I, th- I don't know if I said it to you, Faye, or you, Chris. I said it to someone. I was, if I never saw another film again and I'm there in the apocalypse, was yeah. the very last film I ever got to see in my life, I'd be quite content yeah. because it, it just did everything for me. It made me laugh. It got me emotional. Um, it got me jigging and diving along in my seat. It yeah. was just... The, there's just nothing I don't like about it. It, it got me laughing quite early on. I, went like, I, I didn't used to be a fan of comedy horror I, I used to turn my nose up at it quite a bit apart from like Shaun of the Dead and stuff and then we started going to Fright Fest I started to love it more and then it, obviously you know you you get to hear about these things before the show and I, I read the synopsis for it I'm like this sounds good but from the minute I got into it I, I was peeing myself laughing just seeing the penguins just <laughs> penguins. going for it <laughs> and uh, the, uh, the Santa Baby rendition she does had me howling Oh, which, you know, I don't want to jar too far ahead, but if you're talking in terms of cast, Paul K. Paul fucking K. Oh, my God. If we if we did, like, bring it back to, like, the cast, mm. um, again, I mean, I know it's my film, uh, and I know I've, I'm going to big it up anyway, but I just think, like, it, like, the casting's perfect. Yes. Like... Like this again. There's just no, there's no weak links. Um, no, I, I I was confused. Not 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 confused. Not confused. Go on. It was just that there were a lot of accents. There are a wide range for a Scottish school. So there are, but do you know what? Um, go to a school in Sheffield now. I'm not saying accents. that's a bad thing. I'm not saying um, that's a bad we're thing. in Sheffield. Um, I think now there's that, especially in like. The Highlands, like Scotland, Wales, mm. Ireland. There's that many people move there because they feel like it's probably got a better education system, or it's a nicer place to live. Yeah, that you do get a lot of different okay. accents, and I think you'll find as well, specifically in places I think where they do have heavy accents, mm. like Scotland. Um, a lot of I think there's a lot of generic student accents <gasps> that go on <laughs> to help them, like. Like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with accents. I've got one. But, like, I think we, most of them, like, yeah. have that generic student because it's simpler to, like, progress. Okay. Okay. And going to Australia and having a thick Scottish accent, if you live in Ireland, might be quite difficult. For, <laughs> yeah. I know. Although I'm sure a dad's Liverpudlian. He, he is. <laughs> and she can sound any more Middle English. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're still great yeah, in the yeah, roles. Of course, yeah. um, and obviously growing up like with parents like I know someone who says Chilean and she doesn't sound Chilean. Sounds no. like she's from Sheffield. I think Elephant, as I know, is 
fantastic. Yes, yes. If anyone knows who Catherine McPhee is, so she was an on-American Idol. She did the musical Waitress. I think um, I think the best friend John is fabulous. I'm not coming. I'm always impressed in any film that I watch um, of like the last five years or so where you've got diversity in it and where you have a gay character and it isn't they don't explain about you know why they're gay or they've had a journey it just is it yeah, just is no in there question. and everybody accepts it and i love that about this you know that she's got a girlfriend not anna so uh, sarah swire who plays yeah. steph 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 so um, yeah who i i think she is my she's my favorite oh she's hilarious in um just... boom saved your life <laughs> yes. yeah um and i think she's got i, I think she might have the best voice as well She's got voice. a really good yeah, voice, she's yeah. She's got a really good really voice. Really talented. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. It's nice to see films where people are just who they, they are. They are, yeah. And we've not had to have a backstory or an explanation. And she just casually says, oh, my girlfriend's got the spec here or something. Mm-hmm. And there's no like, mm. Yeah. It's just like, all right, fair enough. I just feel like a lot of films in the in the past, like, it was, like I'm like 100 years old, a lot of films will draw attention to that, and I, I really like it when you don't feel the need to. I love when you don't feel the need to. Well, it would be nice for a <coughs> society where you don't have to highlight sexuality to gain acceptance. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of films still do it to try and show that it's okay to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, the people involved in this movie have probably just in the mindset of it is okay to be. Yeah. So yeah. Um, they probably don't need... To prove anything, we've uh, we've not really heard a lot from Chris on this, and Chris is. Uh, I'm surprised it wasn't his favorite film because he's his biggest fan. He's like, Anna and the Apocalypse's biggest fan. Not the biggest fan, John. I would not pick Better Watch Out as my favorite festival. Really, I, I don't see you watching Better Watch Out in the kitchen at seven o'clock on a Saturday morning. I don't watch. I don't watch Anna and the Apocalypse. I listen heavily. <laughs> The soundtrack is it's up there with Little Shop of Horrors as my favourite film soundtrack. It is fantastic. It's just it's just a great film. There's little just little nuances with it, like the fact that the apocalypse is signposted so early. In the car journey on the way there, already there is the announcement on the radio, there's news broadcast saying how it's a pathogen causing the causing the infection already. And then the little cough in the coughs in the school car. Everything, everything there just to go. Oh, okay. This is nicely bubbling away in the background. Yeah. That this is going to be some kind of zombie outbreak. It, it's got. It's very much got that Shaun of the Dead vibe quite early on, where she's just totally oblivious to everything. Like like Shaun is when yeah. he's going for his cornet, or she just like bumps into someone. She's like, I'm sorry, and just like. Doesn't realise oh, this is on me. When she's singing the um uh, oh, far... Yeah. <laughs> when she's singing that hair and in and they're walking through streets and there's all that carnage they yeah. all around. Yeah. Do you know why I like that? Because I just think it's so true of what like Something teenagers you know, what te- <laughs> you know what teenagers are like. Like you're yeah. so wrapped up in their own world. Um, that they literally don't know what's going on around them. It would so be you, yeah, though. Probably. Yeah. Um, I love that scene. I will say what don't make sense to me is 
they're both walking along and singing, doing the dance routine, and they, they get to the graveyard and they meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. So which way are they going? Like, maybe, who's turning maybe, round? Maybe they're oh. coming down to one place. <laughs> maybe, like, maybe they're just where, coming down where to one place. Just, just out of shot, there's a left-hand turn. Left hand turn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was just like, what? Like, what a weird thought. <laughs> they're the kind of things that kept me sometimes. I was just like, okay, where are they coming now? Oh, um, everyone else sitting there bopping along. The Mercer sitting there going, where are they going? They're, they're never going to get anywhere this right. <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah, they met now. Like it's an odd meeting spot, isn't it? Like, yeah. Middle of a graveyard. You never met someone in the middle of a graveyard. Hey, well, what I do in my own time is my business. <laughs> Thank you very much, Christopher. I think, um, uh, speaking speaking of meeting, um, the her best friend and the the couple. Oh. I know who died together. Oh, breaks my little heart. I'm glad that the nan didn't die of infection. Yeah. This film is heavy on deaths of lovable characters. Yeah. Yes. yes. So when, obviously, after the excellent Soldier of War mm-hmm. routine, yes. which um, I do really like, mm-hmm. um, just because I think it's funny, <laughs> that's the, where the boy is pouring the water on his <laughs> face, <laughs> where he kills someone with a watermelon, and it all shoots up in his face. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like so erotic all uh, like yeah like the fan uh, <laughs> you're like okay um, I do I do love all all that but yeah when um, John gets killed mm. you're just like what the fuck yeah I know like, why are we killing John off we leave John we leave Chris we leave Lisa we leave Tony it's the Bob from Stranger Things effect sometimes you have to kill a character off as to not break their heart. So I know he's kind of accepted that he's never going to get with Anna, but if he was still around and she was getting with the other guy, it would break his heart. Just like in, you've not watched Stranger Things. Kill him. No, but, no but he has to get killed. After... So in Stranger Things, when Bob comes running after Winona Ryder, every, everyone, knows, everyone knows that Winona Ryder is going to get with Hopper. So you have to kill Bob off because you can't break his heart because he's such a lovable character. No, but they have that, they have that moment when she says, you're, I, you're my best said. friend. Yeah. yeah, they have that. And then they have the conversation after that when he's clearly okay. It's not the same because he's clearly okay and they move past it and they understand. So well, it's not, maybe it's not they're the just same, being heartless and killing him. It's not him the best. same thing. I do think it's like, um, it's a bit of a gut punch yeah. when he gets bit. Um I think I think the worst is a dad. I think not Ben and Diane. I think that's a sad day. She's gone all that way to rescue him, and he just—that's it. Overall, for nothing. I don't know. It's something with John. The fact he's still, even though she said <coughs> you're my best friend, he still then sacrificed himself to save her. And that's that is so what he did. Well, he'd been bit, so he knew he was going to die anywhere. Yeah. Um, so he didn't really sacrifice himself. He was dying yeah. anywhere. Uh, a best friend dies. Oh, fuck you and just bit her. Oh, wow. I'm learning a lot about you. I know, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I like it. And then I like when they get to the school and we see um, Paul K at his maddest. Paul K has an absolute breakdown. He goes from slightly, slightly uptight yeah. to absolute despot over the course of 90 minutes. He, he plays that character brilliantly. He owns that character. I was saying when I was watching it, the um, what's the song he sings? Um, Nothing's going to stop us now. 
Nothing well, no, that's me. Oh, sorry, it's not me now, sorry. Yeah, so that song could have easily been a Divine Comedy song in the 90s. I can see Divine Comedy singing that song. It just reminded me of it so much. I think, um, yeah, because he's spangly as well, a bit like Divine Comedy. At the end, he's got the top hat, he's got the... Tinsel wrapped around his wrapped around his neck as he does the final number. Um, yeah, when she goes to rescue her dad, that is quite sad. Yeah. Um, but she's another one. Like when there's something about like kick-ass like women, but they like she was kick-ass all along. But then when like uh, John dies and mm. she's just like battering all them zombies that are away, she's just gone past like, giving a fuck. Yeah. She's just like I just do not give a fuck. There's like a you can see the turn and the... It's almost like a turn in the tone of the film as well, mm. where, like, she's over it, like, she just wants to get out of here now. Yeah. And it, it just feels like it almost gets a little darker. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then she gets to the school. He, Chris, finds his nan and dad. Mm. Not me. I didn't find my nan. <laughs> <laughs> um, they go off to rescue her dad. Uh, and her dad gets bit. Yeah. Which we, don't, which we don't see. No, it, we don't see. It gets, it gets through and then he shows her his leg, yeah. his I think leg wound. Do you know when they're doing the fight scene and then Paul K pushes him to the edge of the stage yeah. and then he flips it around and pushes him to the edge of the stage? I think it's then that he got oh, bit. Okay. I don't think he was bit before. Right, okay. Because um, I think he had hope yeah. at that point and he took it away from us. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's quite tough. What I do like about this film as well is... They escape. Yeah. They get out. And Someone. she's like, where now? And they're just like, like, where? So where the can win- they even the Winchester. go? <laughs> no, but it's like, where can they even go? Yeah, like, they yeah. know that, like, the world's... Considering when, they're, over. considering when they're in the bowling alley, it looks like World War Three is breaking <laughs> outside. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favourite clips in the film is when they're in the bowling alley and they log on to the news mm-hmm. and the newsreader has got a back to the camera and then does like, Do turn around, around with your hair flip <laughs> yeah. and then she's deadly serious yeah. about what's going on. I'm like, what newsreaders do this? I, 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 I want to watch that news. I like the interactions in the bowling alley, the conversations that they have in the ball pit about who'd be a, who'd been bit. And then when we were talking about Taylor Swift, I'm yeah. like, not Titty. <laughs> no, like, no, not Titty. Why would you even say that? I, I relate to that. I'm like, no, if, if Taylor Swift got a bit, I'd be devastated. So, yeah, so they get away and that's it. Yeah. Who knows? Next. Who knows what happens Who knows? next? I'll tell you what happens too. next. No, no, no. What happens next is people realise this is the best Christmas movie ever and they do cast their vote for me to win this episode um, because... I'd give you everything. I'd give you zombies, romance, horror, comedy, musical. Like, I've just given you, I've just laid it, slapped it out on a plate for you. I'll let you indulged. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I, I, I would like any of the, I don't mind that any of these win because these are three of my favourite films. You've so. made the worst politician. I would. I'm a live down. So I reckon that's probably it. Yeah. So um, just run down for you. All these films are available to watch on uh, Amazon. And we will uh, give the results of the results show. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we'll put this out to the public vote once the show's uh, dropped. Um, so this time we'd like a little bit more interaction from please. you, please. Um, just to get it, you know. We want to make it work and we, we can't make it work without having that fourth input. Because yeah. we want we want your opinion on it as well. Yeah. Um, so you can just vote. It would be nice if you voted and just said why you voted for the one that you voted mm-hmm. for. Um, <coughs> and you'll find us on all usual platforms, which we'll highlight at the end of the show. Um, anyone got anything else to say? Um, just, again, hope you had a Merry Christmas, whatever you were doing. And, uh, yeah, just oh, keep... and probably hope you had a Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah and a Happy New Year. Yeah, have, yeah. New... Have, have, have or had. Have or had, depending if, on when if, you, if you're watching this before, have Watch a Happy it. New Year. <laughs> if you're listening to this before, have a Happy New Year. If you're listening after, I hope you had a Happy New Year. And welcome to 2020. Kisses. I'm giving kisses. Oh, okay. Sure. Easy. All right. Bye. Bye. To keep up to date with everything we're doing, or if you want to contact us at all, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Letterboxd by searching for I Spit on Your Grids, Twitter by searching for the handle at SpitGrids, or you can email us on electricpossums at gmail.com.